0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. And Joe at RT.ie, Aaron Doran. Aaron, good afternoon. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good, thanks. When were you told to remove uh, this beautiful bench? Um, we were actually t- informed on Friday by a tour party. Um, we actually put the bench up on Tuesday the 28th, which would have been Ada's birthday. Yeah. And then we got a phone call from a tour party on Friday afternoon to say the bench had to be removed or it would be destroyed. And tell us the story of the bench. Now, the bench, um, my little girl Ada, she passed away in October 26th. She was 19 months old. Okay. Um, from a condition, it's SUDC. It's unexplained, un- sudden unexplained death in of a child. Okay. So we actually never got answers to why she passed. She just literally put her to bed one night and she just passed on us. But the bench itself, now we wouldn't be, I wouldn't be spiritual or that, but my wife actually went online to see a medium. Okay. And me and my wife have been talking about getting a bench built with her name on it. We call it Ada's Garden, not a grave. We just call it a garden. It's a bit nicer. Mm-hmm. And the medium came back and, said, and Ada said, well, to the medium, we don't know. Get the bench built, sit with me, and it'll bring you some comfort. And where would the, so we, where is, where was the bench located? It was actually located in an empty plot beside Ada's Garden. Okay. In the in, um, in Borhornabrina Cemetery. Subsequently, we actually bought yesterday. We bought the plot besides. Okay. So, to, but they, the reason they had given us to remove the bench was they wanted mm. to reseed the lawn area. Okay. But there's two empty graves that haven't been dug. There's graves that have only been dug recently that are still three foot high with rubble. So I can't see why they'd want to reseed. It'd be pointless reseeding at the moment. But I was you know looking I mean? at photographs this morning of Borhornabrina Cemetery. Yeah. And there's quite a significant number of benches, tables, places to sit, beautiful Spider-Man couches, beside graves. Beside it's, graves it's and seen... on graves, Joe. I think, it's like, I, think it's a lo- I think it's a nice idea. Now, we've got the bench built without a back on it in order for people who are neighbouring us in um, the graves so they could sit with their loved ones. Okay. It wasn't, we didn't, we just got one built without a back on it, so you can just sit on it whatever, whatever direction. But now you, um, you own that other grave as well. We own the other grave as well. Why, yeah, we bought, why did you buy that? Just literally to have the room, so it wouldn't be, in, okay. case, in, in, case of, in case in a couple of months' time, the way they'd done the four slot of graves, Joe, was they dug one, they left one empty, they dug one, they left one empty, and then they decided just to keep on digging, digging okay. straight after each other. So we have a plot each side of us empty. Okay. And I didn't want to, in case someone had purchased that, I didn't want to put the bench, I, I, I went to look for the bench in case someone purchased it and I had to remove the bench, if you know what I mean. Okay, so you, So, but, well, I presume graves aren't cheap in Dublin, are they? No, well, um, the empty plot without digging cost us €2,400 yesterday. Wow. It cost us €2,900 for Ada's garden yeah. initially, that's to dig, and then another €3,500, €4,000 for just a headstone. And is the bench still there, Aaron? Yeah, the bench, I don't think they'll move. I, I, they probably will now after being on the radio, but there's 44 other benches in that lawn area and they've never been moved. Now, I don't, now, career, as I said, if you had said, listen, we want to just reseed the ground. Yeah. Could you move the bench until the ground is settled and the ground, the grass has come back up? I'd be, I would have been, I would have had no problem with that. I would have just put it in my back garden. 
okay. and then brought it back up at a later date. But they actually just said, listen, it has to be moved or it'll be destroyed. And again, there's no other option. Now, there's a, at the back of the, the grave, there's a foundation stone. We could have put it there. We could have put it on the concrete in front of the grave. Mm-hmm. But no, that wasn't good enough for them. It has to be moved or it's going to be destroyed. And did they say to you, like, well, the other 43 benches have, they came to us beforehand. Did you go to them beforehand? No, we didn't go to them beforehand. The thing with some of the, there is um, benches down with, in concrete, and I think they were the ones that were allowed. Okay. I think they were given permission. I'm not unsure about the other benches, to be honest. I can't see them having, look, they might have permission. I don't know. I might have just went the route the wrong way. But they didn't tell you, they didn't say that to you? No, they didn't. And they said it's a long area, but there's three sections. We're in A3 now. Okay. And they're saying that's, that's strictly long. You can't put a side down, you can't put up and down. Or you can't have a headstone? So, uh, you can right. have a headstone, but you can't have surrounds. Or you can't have you can a, put a... You can put a headstone up, but you can't put the blocks surrounds down. Okay. But in A2 and A1, they were the rules as well. And they have headstone, they have surrounds down, they have benches... They have yeah. everything, so they just changed. They're not, they're not sticking to the rules. No, the council aren't complying by one rule. If you know what I mean. Um, and they, but what did they say? We will take it. We will remove it and destroy it. Yeah, remove and destroy the bench if it wasn't uplifted. And describe. Yeah, I went up. Yeah, okay. I went. I went up the other day just to have a look to see. Like I thought, it might have been fell over on sitting on someone's grave or something like that. I thought I went up and had a look. Okay. And it was, and it was still the exact same place. Um, like even a, a, one of the neighbours came up to me the other day. I'd never met the man before, and he said his wife passed five years ago. And we have a little, we have a little plastic box sitting on the grave with colouring pencils and colouring books on it. Okay. And it says on it, it says, "This is Ada's colouring books. If you want to draw a picture with her, feel free to." Okay. And an old man came up to me the other day and said, "I'd love to draw a picture, but it's been the weather's been terrible." Yeah, yeah. And I said to him, "I said, listen, I said there's a bench there." I said, in the summer when it's a bit noisier, you're more than welcome to draw a picture. Okay. So, it's for, like, it's not, the bench is for everyone, it's not just for us. It's, like, Laura's mam or Ada's mam, Laura, gets a lot of comfort being up there. But she wants to be up there for a good while, so she can't, she just want to stand up. We yeah, have a tent right. as well, so she just want to be standing up at the grave. She wants to be there, be able to sit with it, just to have a chat with Ada, get a bit comfortable. And that part of the country is beautiful. The, the, it's gorgeous up there. It is. It's really nice up there. You have Warnabrini, you have the reservoir, you have the park up there, you have Glenasmole, you have the Killikey, you have the Ballinascorny, you have the Wicklow and the Dublin Mountains. It's, it is. So, it's gorgeous up there. It's really nice. Yeah. And so, the views you get from there is unbelievable as well. Like, the whole city, your views of the whole of the city. Like. Yeah. And what are you going to do? I'm going to leave the bench there, Joe, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because look, if they destroy it, they destroy it. That's up to them. Yeah, that'd be very I, upsetting for you. Well, your, your it would. It would be. Look, um, it's only a bench at the end of the day, but it means a lot to us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's only about fifteen pounds in weight, so it's easily moved. All right. It's not. In, it's not concrete into the ground. It's only a small wooden bench, just a normal bench with Ada's garden underneath it. You see, I thought initially when your email came in, I I thought this was a bench you'd erected in a public area in a park or. Somewhere, but it isn't. It's in. It's it's now on the grave that you own. It's on the. And I wouldn't like. It can it can sit on our grave if that's the problem. But we were just told to move the bench. We weren't actually told. To, we have like a couple of slates with a picture on it and her name and yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. We yeah. weren't asked to move them, but they obstruct 
you see, you see I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of things. One, which which is not your case, where but I'm trying to think is why the council are so adamant that they're going to remove it and destroy it. Mm. Um, and that is that, remember, things started in Dublin. It's it's a Parisian thing where you put a lock on a bridge. It's one of the Le Pont yeah, Neuf or whatever. Well, you've seen that on the Haiti Bridge okay, as well. It started, but then the council immediately said, no, we're, we're not allowing this. And they start cutting off the locks. They were love yeah. love locks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. A better word. Okay. And they said the reason we're cutting it off is that the metal will eventually deteriorate and rust and damage the, the Haiti Bridge. So they're gone. They will not tolerate that. So that's yeah. understandable. I understand um, that, but they actually put them off and let them into the water, didn't they? Did they, yeah. Which would rust. Are you serious? Okay. Ponte, <laughs> Ponte Zao in, in Paris, uh, as we say in Paris Um And uh, Aaron, the other, the other one that causes difficulty from time to time is roadside memorials where somebody's killed. Now, these, these are not the case. But I I, understand that I'm saying, well, but the, argu- the argument the council's put up then is, oh, they can be a distraction and it could cause an accident. So you, yeah, so you can see, you can see that argument. This is in yeah. a, this is in an enclosed space where people are walking. It's off. It's not on the footpath. It's not on the pathways. Sure, it's not. No, but even no. that's what I'm saying. But even we were told, Joe, that the two because the way they done the first lot of graves, they dug left one empty, dug left one empty. They wouldn't be able to dig the new ones until or the ones be each side until next year. For fear of the ground, you know, falling with the great with the mm-hmm. coffin in it. So we were just going, we were just going to actually only leave it till the headstone went up, and then probably bring it back to the house. Yeah, okay. we just wanted somewhere to sit while we had nothing there. There was just literally just just across there from the day she got buried. And what is it? All benches that are there, or are there tables erected by families? Um, there's there's chairs, there's benches, there's um. Lines, there's concrete benches, there's tables and chairs, just everything, and it's actually lovely. It's, it's just is somewhere. This, it's not, is is, it's is so, there is there an angel's plot, as they say, or is, there is actually an angel's plot, but yeah. um, that's only for neonatal and very very young kids. We we weren't, yeah, we're not entitled to go into it. Okay, okay. She, because eight is age, nineteen. She was actually right. we done the bench last week for a second birthday. She was, yeah, okay. she was two last Tuesday. And did it say anything? Or oh, we have to let the ground subside, otherwise the bench will sink. Or no, no, no. They just uh, said they wanted to. They just wanted to relong okay. the grass. Okay. But I had actually, I actually went up. Me and my wife and my wife's friend went up, and actually, it was heavy stone on the ground. So we dug it up a couple of six inches, not even, and re-topsoiled it. Okay, you do. And so it has, it has completely, it has completely set. If you look at the, if you look at the ground, yeah. it's actually you can see it's settled completely. But there is one, say five or six up from it that are only being. Have only been done in the last couple of months, and they're still three foot high of dirt. Okay. They haven't settled yet. Like. So there's no way of them relawn at the minute. If you know what I mean. And do you mind me asking, Aaron, why why did you go to a medium? I, we didn't actually, Joe. We weren't going to do that. Around, okay. But a friend of ours, my ex sister in law, just suggested we go on Facebook and have a look at this woman. Okay. And um, she was an English woman, and she, my wife Laura's dad passed away three weeks before Aid. All right. And then. Um, the medium just came through. We were just watching. We weren't even, didn't follow her page at, and the medium just said, listen, I have an older man here and a younger woman passed uh, close together. Mm. We were like, okay, that's grand. And then the little, uh, she said the little girl was wrapped in pink and we were trying to figure out what it was, but she used to, Ada walked around with muslin cloths all the time. She'd have like hundreds of, she was, she liked, she, they were comforters to her, but she had loads of them. She didn't mind which one it was. Okay. Well, she was actually how she there was a pink one in her hand and a pink little love heart in her hand when she was in her little coffin. 
but the medium was actually able to tell us. Now, okay. I, I, I wouldn't be in Satrup at all. Yeah, I know, I understand us. what you're saying. Yeah. She was able to tell us, like, the coffin was packed like with letters, with teddies, with pacifiers, with um, rosary beads, everything like that. She was able to tell us what was in and so. And we weren't actually we weren't intentionally looking to go to a medium. It's just yeah, I understand. Someone yeah. someone suggested just to have a look at her because she's good, but she was English, so she would okay. have no no recollection. No of connection, us, really. yeah. And have you you have a course, and, and tragically you've had to look into um, this sudden sudden uh, death, as they say, of young people, sudden yeah, uh, a sudden unexplained death in children. And yeah. if, if how without frightening people, I know you don't want to, but is is it common across the world, or is there certain countries where? No, well, I know of I know of two that happened this year, but in the UK. There's 66 million people roughly, and I think there's 40 cases over the age of one a year. So if you do that to Ireland, it's two or three a year here, I think. Okay. Now, I, def- I, I had aided that day. Um, I put her up to bed at 7 o'clock and went up to bed, went up to check on her about 10 o'clock to give her a bottle of water before. Look, I did every night before I went to bed. Okay. And I just I just went in, and she was just, um, she was sort of lifeless in the car. She was a bit clam- She wasn't, I don't think she'd passed, but she was clammy and I let out a scream. My wife um, is a child oh. practitioner. She ran in and performed CPR on Ada until the paramedics came and then they transferred her to the hospital and worked on her for 40-50 minutes and then she just pronounced pronounced dead in telehospital. And did you get any explanation or any insight? No, into that's what we actually got. We actually met with the coroner there roughly a month ago and okay. it's just lit- it's literally just put down to sudden unexplained death of a child but you don't actually get any answers they say the heart and the brain just stop together and that's it yeah. you don't actually get any any answers at all now we've, to, we've sent off her samples for genetic testing just to see is there any we've, she's a little sister Ada or Anna which is Anna's 10 months today yeah. just in case uh, we just were fearful yeah, of course. for yeah, yeah. Anna now so I can see you I can understand why you're fearful, but what what can you do? There's literally, there's genuinely nothing you can do. You okay. just, I literally wake, both of us are waking up literally every twenty minutes okay. during the night just to check on her. We have yeah. a we have a thing called an outlet monitor on her leg that gives you a heart rate and her oxygen levels, and we still don't trust that. If you know what I mean? It's just your head won't let you. Your head just you want to check yourself. Like. Because what happened, Ada Maria came completely and totally, absolutely out of the blue. No, that's what I'm saying. She was a fit, healthy child. She was so yeah. so clever, so loving. We actually thought she would have had murder when Anna came along, but she was just a perfect little sister. She was actually, we thought, we were, she, she's a redhead, so we thought she was going to have the redhead temper. Okay. But she just actually oh, just was a little pet with her. There was no, there was no signs of it. Yeah. She was perfect. She was meeting all her milestones. She had a good few awards. She loved her little, she had two little dogs at home. She loved the two of them so much. And went so, to bed happy and healthy. It's a terrible tragedy. It really is such a young age and and unexplained. Um, and can you appeal to anyone in in South County Dublin? Well, I've, I got onto the Lord Mayor of Talent. Now she was on holidays when I rang her, but she's looking into it for me. But there, sure, she was saying that was to deal with insurance. But I don't think hmm. it wasn't. It's not on a footpath or not in the way or like put a sign on it to say, "Listen, don't sit on it if you fall over." It's nothing to do with South Dublin County Council. Yeah, I can do that. Again, 
I emailed the chief executive of the South Dublin County Council and he just didn't I only I emailed him yesterday he didn't get back on to me I don't think he'll have time to get back on to me it's, it's probably a trivial matter to him because he's so much going on but it's so important to me like. okay and how how like how who told your wife for example that they want the bench gone um, it's just a third party. I actually don't want to mention okay, them in, okay, case okay. They, in case they get implicated in. Aye, well, it's not okay. But I'm just yeah. saying the shock of it and the upset of it. Yeah, well, anyway. that's what I got a phone. I was in, I was in work Friday morning and I actually got a phone call off my wife and she was. I'd never heard her scream like oh, that she, before. She heard. She she was told first. Okay. She got the phone call and she screamed, but I, she, I couldn't yeah. actually understand her. I thought someone else passed away. She was in that much of a snow. It's actually after traumatizing her because that's like that. She gets that little tiny bit of comfort for sitting on the bench and talking to Ada. And what, she goes up and there I, on a regular basis? Like. We go up, we both go up on a regular basis. We both probably go up three or four times a week. Yeah. And we try to look at It's the only thing we can do for her now, Joe. So we just try to yeah, yeah. look after her little girl. She's not and, up, in her head, she's not up there. She's at home with us. And who was she but, called? Who was baby Ada Maria called after? Um, my uh, my mum um, would have been Catherine Aiden. But okay. became Ada for some reason. Okay. We always liked it then. But it's actually become a popular name now over um, Peaky Blinders. It's oh, actually it? one of one okay. of the sisters Peaky Blinders is Ada. But it's gone popular now. Okay. And did you, was your mother still alive to see baby Ada? No, no. She passed away 11 years ago. But my natural, my natural, my birth mother was called Anna. So my other little one is Anna, but she passed away when I was six weeks old, 36 years ago. Oh, your birth mother died? Yeah, my birth, no, my birth mother and your mother. My, my, my birth mother died thirty six years ago. My granny took me on as a son. Oh, okay. So I knew the both of them as mam. Like. And what age was your mother? Oh, sorry, what happened? To your mother? She died so young. Um, I, I don't actually know, Joe. She had okay. a hole in her heart and was told ah, okay. not to have kids. She was only eighteen. Oh, at the point. oh gosh. She was only eighteen when she died. Yeah, she was eighteen when she had me. Okay. Oh, and I can see you now a lot of a lot of things are falling into place in terms of the mm. importance of it. Um, That's what I say. They're all up in corner brain as well, but up in a different okay. section. Well, let's hear for hopefully from other people who've had. That's um, all I'm looking for, Joe. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. see did anyone else have like listen. The council just went about it the wrong way. All they had to do was say, "Listen, move the bench for three or four months until the ground settles and we have the grass done, and that would have been no problem." But it just it was just no, no, no. It has to be moved or it'll be destroyed. That's all they got. Okay. Okay. Um, she sounds like she was an absolutely gorgeous uh, child. No, she was. She was, just, was. She had a thing, Joe. I know, I know I'm taking your time up. Yeah, if she nice. pretended, she used to walk around with the muslins 24-7. She'd have four or five in her hands at any one time. But if you start pretending to cry, she'd literally run over to you with a muslin to give it to you to draw your eyes. She was just a proper yeah. little doll. And was she a pandemic baby? Was she born? She was. She was. Everything we were, in those few years. We were, we were trying for we were trying for kids for seven years. So we had two miscarriages, and then during COVID, I think just the stresses of life left us. Yeah. And we got we got we were actually looking into um, going about um, having kids, but we just actually got pregnant naturally then. And then okay. fourteen months, or well, then when Ada was six months old, we found out we were pregnant then and then. Yeah. Okay, well, condolences again, Aaron, and, you, uh, and your wife and baby Anna, and uh, uh, God rest, uh, baby, baby uh, Ada Bria. Joe, can I just say about the SUDC? There, the, it's an English yeah. charity, but they deal with. Oh, yeah, explain that. G- give it. Give the name again. The SUDC, sudden unexplained death of a child, okay. the UK charity. There's nothing really here, apart from force like give you counselling options, but there's nothing else available in Ireland. It's so small of a demographic, you see. But SUDC have been so great to us. Okay, okay. 
and you need to, you need an organisation like that when you get such a shock. You really do. Yeah, well, that's really what I'm saying. Do. It's literally it's there be no notice, no prior warning, and it's just gone. We didn't get to see her again realistically. Okay. Okay, Aaron, thanks for your contact. That's Aaron. Joe, thanks, Aaron for thanks for making the call. That's Aaron and Godolds again. Aaron Doran in Tala. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.ie. Marina Dixon. Marina, good afternoon. How are you doing, Joe? It's Martina. How oh, are Martina, you? sorry. Martina, what happened? What happened? Um, oh, last night I put the car up oh, I was actually yesterday but I was at the beam for three days up with my friends trying to finish off a quilt and I was very fatigued so I quilt, came in okay. and I never even noticed the car for this morning I was going out to I was actually going out to cut foliage to bring into a clubhouse for doing uh, flowers arrangements for International Women's Day so here I am flicking the car with me, the other key ring, trying to open okay. the door. And uh, I realised then the car wasn't there. So I rang the guards and they came immediately. And I just in shock because apart from the car, it's okay. my quilt I must have been making since January for my niece. It was one of the biggest uh, projects I took on because I only started sewing during the pandemic. Because okay. I was a knitter and I have arthritis and I can't knit anymore, so I took up the sewing machine. I'm actually from Ballyfermot originally. I know I have. Um, I'm down here in Kildare. Okay. But um, that's, a, that's, that's allowed. We'll never forgive you for leaving. But I know. That's yeah. allowed. That's <laughs> I allowed. Away. I run um, away and I run in. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you twenty years before we let you back in again. So, so you took down here. <laughs> <laughs> so you took up the sewing machine during the yeah. pandemic. And yeah. how, how did you get into quilt making? Quilt? Um, well, I was always into crafting and that. You know, I'm uh, I'm actually a Copley now, originally from Ballyfermot, but my mum was a great dressmaker as well there. Okay. And, uh, but the quilting, it just took me fancy to try it. Now, I've made a few little things with the head and there, but I decided my niece was getting married in in September. Okay. And I, she's living out in the Sleep Blue Mountains, a real country. Oh, beautiful, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I decided to make a country. The quilt came into my head immediately for her because of where she's living. So I decided to take on this project. But because I hadn't got enough space, yeah. To finish off the backing, what they call batting and backing, right? Yeah. I went over to my friend's house <laughs> out in Stradbally, another Ballyfermer girl, she's Jackie Mitchell. I don't know what you remember, Jerry Mitchell and them yeah. from the theatre workshops. But um, we were out there in Stradbally and I only came home yesterday. It took us three days to get the backing onto it. <laughs> but uh, I just feel like. Well, Martina, crying. hang on, Martina, your car was robbed. My car, they took my car. But you know, why aren't you crying over your car? I am crying over my car as well. But I you're more I'm, worried about the quilt that was in I the car. I know, I know, because there's so much love and everything went into that. But the car, I can't believe they took the car because it's only a little Nissan Micra. It's a Nissan March, but I and believe. And that's a just, just why we have it. Has the car been found? No, well, quickly, nothing. Well, quickly, give a description of the car, will you please? It's the silver Nissan March 2013. Now, there's no hood caps on it because I was having it ready to re-go in for an NCT. So it's a uh, silver Nissan Micra, is it? 
Yeah, well, it's like a micro, but it's a march. Okay, it's so a Japanese import. Two, uh, no, no, 2013. Yeah, 2013. It's, hang on a second, sorry. 2013, or 131D. I'll give you the red, yeah? Yeah, why not, yeah. 131D. Okay. 35035. Oh, yeah, 131D. Yeah. 35035. Yeah. 35035, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's easy to... And it was stolen in the Monastery Evan area. Yeah, it was stolen at a quarter... Somebody on the locals had seen it on CCTV that it was stolen at quarter to 11 last night. Okay. And then it was... They tried then to go in. They did go in to the local garage, filled it up and legged it there and didn't pay for the petrol. Oh, good luck. You know, so I'm just... And would they know the quilt is in it? I don't know. It's, it was in the goose. In the, and is it wrapped in something? or? It's, it's No, it's in a bag. It's with my sewing machine and all my other bits and pieces of the oh, machine. Oh, your sewing machine is in my it. sewing machine and all is in it. And there's an old camping chair in it, but that doesn't bother me. It's the car and the quilt and the sewing machine because um, I'm I'm 61 now and I just... I don't do an awful lot because I'm on individual I'm disability, you know? yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's just the only thing that's keeping me going. And what, what about um, the sewing machine? Is that valuable? The sewing machine, I'd say it was about, maybe, no, it'd be about 250 euros. Oh, that's, that's it's, I mean, it's valuable to me, but in the great scheme of things, they wouldn't. But it is an, it's, a, it's all digital and everything, you know. And is it a singer? No, it's, um, or is it a genome? I can't remember. Okay, I have to okay. I'm all flustered, you can imagine today. <laughs> oh, there's, and what was the what was the design of the the quilt? The quilt was like a diamond design with all and it had oh, white lovely. diamonds in it and then they had all the coloured patchworks around the diamonds. And you need a massive I see the photograph tweeted it's the photograph. About king size, bed size, yeah. And, and who, who who does the original design? Do you do that yourself? You have an idea yourself what colours you want? Well, I copied it off uh, a YouTube video yeah, online. Great. I just looked at her and then I just done it And many, how many layers to a quilt? Because obviously it has There's to be three, one. Three. Three layers, yeah. So the three layers and, as I said, then you have to put a, a panel around it. Then you have to put the... The, what they call the batting, the you know the the, wa- the wool batting in between. Oh yeah, for, for the warmth, the yeah. Yeah, you, then you put a backing on it, and that's purple and white polka dot on my one, on this one, you know. And is most of it done by hand? Most of it it's quilted done by hand? It's on the machine, Joe, because as I said, I have arthritis and I do oh, nothing yeah. with my hands. But the many, but, uh, I'm looking at a photograph here, which yeah. we tweeted at Joe Liveline, at RT Liveline. How many yeah. hours have you put into that? Well, since January, so you're talking, I'd say, in hours-wise, about three, four weeks in hours-wise. But have you worked on it every single day? Every other day, yeah. Three, I mean, I could be at that machine for about four or five hours a day. And do you find it relaxing? I do, yeah. It's what, See, there's such there's a big uh, step Look at it, it's, it's that you beautiful, have to do. It's beautiful. You have to put out... The, uh, an eight inch, well, my one was an eight inch square of each material. Yeah. Then you have to put them back together, back to back, and then you have to slice them to get 
the coloured one with the white. Okay. They had the patter all up like a jigsaw. Yeah. And so each square to each other and then each line to each other and, you know, oh, it's just an awful lot of work. Um, is, this the first one, is this the first one you've made? First decent one, yeah. I've uh. made small things and it was just a bit for my beautiful niece, Amy, who's getting married in September, you know. But does Amy, then, does Amy know you were quilting it for her? She doesn't. She didn't, but she does well, she now. She does now. Yeah. I was hoping to do on my own daughter then Tracy was getting married in October so this was that's mm. why I started in January to try and get the hang of it you know and have you quilt on your own bed not one of my own no no obviously <laughs> was there, I know you said your mother, uh, your mother was, was a dressmaker. dressmaker yeah 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 oh, she was fabulous and do many people quilt now Martina do you know there's it's actually becoming more Arts and crafts and quilting and so on is actually becoming more uh, of a hobby for people nowadays. They're finding I do mindfulness and all that, so they find mindful because you have to concentrate on it. You can't, you know, be distracted because everything has to be precise. So it it is very mindful, and that's it works for me that way, you know, because I'm I have suffered from depression and that, you know. So I find it's very very relaxing. And you do it on your own? Yeah. Okay. And do you sew special messages into quilts? Is there any traditions? Do you... Yes, I'm going to be putting in... I'm going to put a little... I was put... Well, I was hoping to put a little label in it with the date of their marriage. Yeah, name, of course, yeah. From Auntie Martina and all this, you know. And we might as well tell Amy now, Auntie Martina... Uh, is going to put money into the quilt as well under oh. the under the little red polka dot tray. I can get a money mess. But, uh, so we want the quilt back. It's the quilt. I mean, I know the car. Like people would say to me about the car, but I know and I want my car back. Obviously. Yeah, of course, yeah. But that's insured. That can be replaced. Yeah. But this quilt cannot be replaced. So if these... Whoever. Whoever sold the car... Um, yeah. I but that's why I was putting her all over Facebook and I've, because I've, I said to myself, they'll probably just throw her out of the car. Yeah, that's what I'm so thinking. I'm saying, if anyone sees it on the roadways or anything, just was it in, well, was it in a distinctive bag? No, it was, no, it was, it was loose. an ordinary shopping bag in my car. It was a little basket bag kind of thing in my car. But so it's, an, it's a Nissan Micro, but matches the logo on it. Yeah. A Nissan Micro, silver, four door or? Yeah. Photo one three one D three five oh three five one three one D three five oh three five stolen in the Monaster Evan area. And what direction was it heading in when it robbed the petrol out of the garage? Dublin. It was on the Dublin Road, the garage. (laughs) So if they did find a quilt yeah, we don't want we don't want them dumping it in a ditch. A ditch. No, well that's it. I just want it back because, I, as I said, so much effort and. But would they know, leave it in if? If they left a, it in anywhere, a church even a church that yeah. would just pull up. They won't go to a guard station, obviously. But uh, yeah, but, it, but don't leave it. Don't leave it in a ditch. There's there's as you say weeks of work gone into it. Weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like she's a beautiful young girl that's getting married, and I just because she's living out in the country, and that's the reason why I don't. Be lovely, did she? Yeah, they're lovely. They're beautiful in houses. Uh, You can probably see me in the photograph there, being trying to pin it together. (laughs) You look, you look very relaxed. 
Uh, it is. It's a beautiful thing to do, you know, and it is. And because <laughs> you're thinking of the person that you're making yeah. it for, and you know, you're just thinking of all their happiness coming to them and all this, you know. Okay. Yeah. Owen, Owen just wants to. Uh, your car you mentioned was a Japanese import. Yeah. Owen, Owen just wants. To, well, is a warning you're giving Owen about. Yeah, yeah, Joe. It's, I want to ask the girl, did you did mind me asking, did you have an, a, an alarm and a mobilizer on the car? No. No, see, there's the prime example. I'll tell you the reason, Joe. Okay. You might have seen yourself in, in the news there not so long ago there in Che Orchard. There was a lot of these cars getting robbed and you're robbing oh, the guard right. and the whole lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. If you looked at those, if you looked at the footage, it was all Japanese. There was a, it was a Toyota Aqua. It was all these Japanese Mazda Demios. And what's happening is, my prime example, because it happened to my own girlfriend, only we caught them, but... Um, they're coming in. There's these garages. They're non. They're non-scrupulous garages. Not yeah, yeah, okay. They're telling these stuff imports. Yeah. They're not telling people that there's no alarm or mobile loser. They're bringing them home to look themselves. A fella, all he has to do is bend the door back, a screw, a, a voice grips and a screwdriver, and he's down the road in your car within five minutes. Yeah, because there's no mobile Well, would that not be solved if you just put a, the old-fashioned crew clock on the steering yeah, yeah, wheel? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I tell you, Joe, what happened to me? We didn't. We didn't put. Well, we had an immobilised alarm on it, but we had a steering lock on it. I didn't put it on. They still tried, they still bent the door back, the alarm went off now, but they still tried it even though there was a flashing light. Well, that's, if there was no mobilised alarm, that's what you, anybody out there that hasn't okay. got one. Death so if you a have a Japanese lock. import, will you try and put extra but security the on it? Said that, that uh, there is a criminal crowd going around taking Japanese imports. But what they did was they broke uh, one of the side glasses off the door. Now, it's also an automatic, you know. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, how do you able to hotwire the automatic? And you see, nothing mm. like that has ever happened to us here. And I totally, I mean, I lived in Cherry Orchard myself years ago as well. Mm. And I know, but I mean, nothing like that has ever happened to us here. You know, with okay. the automatic, even with the automatic show, with the automatic, so what they're doing is they're breaking the, the, the ignition lock. Okay. Just breaking the whole lock off, and then all he do is he just touch a screwdriver on the back of the lock, and that starts the engine completely. And the reason why Japanese imports are popular here is that they drive on the same road as us in Japan, yeah, same side of the road, yeah. so yeah. so they're ideal for Ireland. And obviously well, with the Brexit, they're cheaper to bring them in from Japan, you know. Okay, John, John O'Donnell, John, good afternoon. You're listening to Martina Dixon and. The quilts, the, the, the hours, days, weeks of labour. She's a loving delay. By the way, Martine, I'm thinking, uh, you say I took it up for mindfulness, but you could have taken up painting, which is not strenuous. You know, but you <laughs> well, took up... It's, well. Yeah, but oh, fair play to you. a lot of different arts and crafts. Well, I do a lot of Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, gardening as well. <laughs> OK, John, you're listening to Martina. Hi, hi, Martina. You keep hi, John. We're actually based here in Waterford, and I know we, we sell the genomic machines and that, so listen, oh, there's no gen- problem there that we'll, re- we'll replace that there for you. Oh, fair play to you. What, the quilt? The sewing no, machine. The sewing no, machine. not the quilt, Joe. I'm not sewing up a quilt, Joe, unfortunately. He's, he's given no, it to... No, replace that because it's... it's Martina, well, John, John, in fairness, now, are you... Are you the, is, 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 so, from sewing machines, that IE is giving you a brand new... What, what's the brand, John? It's a genome there, uh, the uh, Q30DC, I suppose. Because what she's described, the machine is electronic and that. Yeah, and, I know um, the Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll replace Thank that you, there for John. you. Oh, genome, genome, well done. I do know you, John, well done. I don't know you, but genome <laughs> now. So you're getting it, that's brilliant. Fair play to you, John. I really appreciate that, and I'm very grateful. 
there's no hassle there at all. And are sewing machines popular again, John? But did uh, they, they are, yes. During since, the pandemic? or Exactly, Joe. Exactly. Since, since the lockdown in 2020, like, it was our busiest year. Do you know what I mean? We were, yeah. oh, it was unbelievable, you know, yeah. um, that wow. everyone was at home with nothing to do. So they just decided there to go sewing. And as well, too, for, you know, for the masks. And for um, oh, of course, Do you remember? Do you remember at the start of the pandemic, uh, Martina? You might remember John as well if you were listening. Like mm. we 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 spent a week looking for knicker elastic. I know right, yeah. for people know. to make masks. And is is there much of a quilting community? Oh, it's massive. It's massive, Joe. Um, yeah. You know, it's very very popular there. Um, since the early noughties, I suppose uh, it's been very very good. Do you know what I mean? Excellent now on that, you know, it's very popular. And it's a social thing as well, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. not just the sewing, like it's meeting up and that. Yeah, of course. Great yeah. part of people, you know what I mean? Excellent. Well, that's fantastic. And have you a shop, John? What, what oh, yeah, we have a shop. And we have an online shop as well. So we've had oh. um, second ge- a second generation shop that we, okay. we were actually born, say, over the singer shop that uh, we lived overhead. And okay. my father that had the shop here. So it's myself now and family are involved as well in it there at the moment you know what I mean so we sell and repair everything here and are are Singer sewing machines still available they are they are yeah Uh, but there's a lot more brands now yeah brilliant the Singer were excellent and they were the first really out in the market yeah my mother had one that had the pedals you know the little table yeah John would there be many of those old you remember the old fashioned the paddle the yeah. table, the paddle, and beautiful piece of furniture, and yeah. the saw and the singer sewing machine. You can see the shape of it, uh, with the with the spindle on the side. Uh, yeah. Would would they still be working after about a hundred years? Oh, they would. They would show. Yeah, we actually got got a machine here, uh, eighteen sixty eight, and we got to go on there last month. My God. Mm. My God. James Connolly actually worked in, yes. in the singer. Yeah. In, in, that right there. That's right in New York. Yeah. yeah, he worked in New Jersey. He worked in the singer. So machine he and he, the union there, I think. That's sure. right, and they sacked him. Yeah. They sacked him, yeah, they sacked him. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking as well, John? There was a fantastic quilt made for the anniversary, of, sorry, the centenary of the 1913 lockout. And it was on display. It was a that was a big, big piece, and people all over the country contributed to it. Was it in Collins' barracks? Yeah, I think it was in Collins's barracks at one time. It was in Liberty Hall. Yeah. Now we're approaching the hundred and tenth anniversary of the lockout. I just wonder I just wonder where 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 it where it's gone. Yeah. Okay, Martina, I'm sorry we don't have you in stitches, but we have yeah. you in tears over the sew the sewing machine is it will John will organise that to get I to get to you. I appreciate John. Um, well, thank you very much. Now getting back your car. John, well done. John, God bless you, John. And uh, the the reg number of the car is one three one D three five O three five and you ring the Gardee if you see the car. And and if the people who stole the car, if anyone knows them or listen or whatever um, to begin with, to begin with, will you ask them to take the bag out of the boot and either drop it into a local church or give it to a passerby and say, will you ring Liveline with that bag? They're looking for it. Um, Martina, we'll do our best. You're brilliant. You're absolutely... So you do quilting, you do mindfulness, you do painting. Yeah, I do all the um, the crafts and I um, do meditation and EFT and... 
all different types of things. The heat me going, Joe, I've been diagnosed 40 years with depression, so yeah. I do everything I can to keep myself going. Okay. You have to keep going. And what's, what you find is best? Um, well, I do a lot of meditating, and okay. I find that fantastic. But I, as I said, I love crafting and I love cooking and I love my garden. So and you have and you have arthritis. You have to tell me. I have tennis. arthritis in my back and my neck and my hands and my knees and oh, sure. And I booze for grandchildren and daughters that keep me going as well. Oh, brilliant! And a beautiful niece called Amy. Amy, yeah. Oh, I've loads of nieces, but Amy is beautiful. And she's, as I said, her big day is coming up now, Prince God, in September. Her, herself and Brendan. And I will try and sort something out. <laughs> I was reading Michelle Obama's most recent book. Now, that's a man about to be honest. But um, it's, it's kind of self-helpy stuff. But she said she took up knitting during the pandemic to help, yes. to help with her anxiety. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It does help. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, because you have to be mindful and you have to concentrate on what you're doing. So that's where the mindfulness and the strength to correct your anxiety, yeah. if you want to call it, to keep it calm, you know, comes in. So it really is helpful. And like, okay. there's so many people doing it now. It's fantastic. Okay. You know, okay, so. Martini, we'll do our best. A Nissan Micra Silver 131D 35035. Sounds like crime call. Um, last night, yeah. stolen in the Monaster Evan area. Do we have any CCTV from the petrol station? Uh, they have, I think, but I haven't got it, obviously. Okay. <laughs> and when... when have it. Okay, and when Crime <laughs> Call make the, do the reenactment of the robbery, who do you want to play you on Crime Call? Julia Roberts or well, uh, Carrie Crowley? Or have you anyone in my... <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're, you're, who did you say? Audrey Hepburn. Audrey, Audrey, bring her back. Um, bring her back. You have a great, Martini. You have a great attitude for someone that's just had their. I suspect the car means a lot to you as well in terms of, car, of A to B. Yeah. Oh, because I'm down. As I said, I I need the car to go yeah. places. See, you know, yeah. I know because I said I can barely walk, so I need me car. And like I'm not, as I said, I'm not dismissing the car being stolen. I know you're not, I know. You know, I'm really yeah. not because obviously uh, I need it. Do you, do you, do you have a name on your car, by the way? Uh, my grandson calls it Rum Rum because it is the sports version <laughs> of it. <laughs> So there you are. Maybe So there you are zooming around Monaster Evan in your automatic uh, vroom vroom uh, Nissan yeah. Nissan Nissan Mark. Have your name on your sewing machine? Susie. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking you're talking to the sewing machine. Yeah, I uh, everything, plants, everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, Susie. Susie, if you're listening, is Hello. Susie is Susie in the boot of the car as well with the quilt? Yeah. Okay, Susie, if you're listening in the back of room, room, will you <laughs> will you pull yourself together and start a, start a tread? Yeah. Um, Susie, come home. Susie, come home. <laughs> we'll have to make a few t-shirts. Okay. Now, yeah. the, the only thing we hope Susie will do, the sewing machine will do, we hope she starts, we hope she becomes a singer and starts singing oh. to the Gardaí about who's after robbing her. I know. Okay. God. Oh. Okay. Martini, you mind yourself. We we'll, we'll, we'll sort out that Janome uh, oh, sewing brilliant. machine and... Uh, 
And we'll do our best now on the, the quilt, the quilt. Okay, Martina Dixon, Monster, Evan Gordon, Mila Maga, Joe at RT.ie, 5-1-Dub, Family of Valley Farm, 5 one 551 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And Joe at RT.ie, by the way, on the eve of St. Patrick's Day, which is uh, tomorrow week, we're having a very special live line. We can't give you the venue because uh, it's a small enough venue, but it's a beautiful venue in near near Dublin. It's the best way to put it. But we're going to have, uh, on the eve of our national holiday, we're going to bring back the tradition of Shanachie, Shanachie storytelling. And we've gathered together some of the best Shanachie storytellers from all over Ireland, men and women, and they will entertain you, as I say, on the eve of our national holiday. It's a Thursday, the Bank holiday is a Friday and um, we hope it'll be good fun it's tomorrow week and uh, we'll give you more details as we get closer now now, um, if, uh, the, the main description I can give you is it will be an attached cottage and it will have an open turf fire but I will not be puffing on a doodine from not crockery I can tell you that for nothing Sean Elliott Sean was with us on Monday Sean how are you? I'm grand I'm grand I'm where are you? Something. Oh, today is Wednesday Today is Wednesday. I was up in Care Choice Nursing Home this morning. Yeah. They called me aside and they told me that they prom a minibus for me any time I wanted. Brilliant. Bring, bring me from the nursing home into the bus yeah. stop. Because and when I'm finished from the bus stop out to the home, and when I'm finished, the minibus will bring me from the home back into the minibus. Because I just remind people, Sean, you contact us on Monday because your brother, James, is that his name? That is his name, isn't it? Yeah, James, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy has been in a nursing home for yeah, a while now. He has dementia. Jimmy is your younger yeah. brother. You're 81. You told me Jimmy was 73. And yeah. that the, you, you have to go on a bus route from Dungarvan to Waterford, but the nursing home is in the middle of that journey, but the bus is not allowed to stop. So you then are dropped into Abbeyside and then you have to walk back and half an hour to the nursing home and then walk back half an hour in to get the bus That's again right. and last week as you kept telling me rightly so you got a terrible wetting didn't you yeah. you got yeah. drenched you got drenched and um, you were just wondering was there any way someone could help so yeah. so the the nursing home called you aside this morning because you, you you go on a Wednesday don't you and you go on a Saturday yeah yeah. yeah. so you were there this morning and what did they say to you they called me aside First of all, they thanked me for mentioning them. Yeah, great nursing home care choice. Yeah, yeah they mentioned, mentioned them on the radio. Yeah. And then they said to me, we'll put on a minibus for you. Just ring, ring, ring the home. Tell oh, us yes. what time you'll be at the post office. We'll come in, come in and collect you. And when you're finished in the home, we'll get, you, get the minibus to bring you back into the bus stop. Brilliant. And what, how you, you ring them, is that what you do, Sean? Yeah, you right? they, put, they, put, they put my number, in, in the, their number into my phone. Ah, brilliant. Well, they send that's, it all up. That's not fantastic. And, and, and the, the bus goes into Abbey Side, Great. and it goes into up, on, opposite, alongside of a flower shop. So I was waiting for the bus up there at uh, one o'clock, and the girl in the flower shop came out, and she said to me, we well, want Joe Duffy. Yeah. I said, I was, yeah. yeah. But she said, you just come in here. She said, anymore. And she said, and we'll bring you out that first. Not brilliant. And when you're finished out there, she said, yeah. give me a ring and I'll come out and collect you and bring you back. 
It's not a great service, and nursing homes are brilliant. And they are brilliant. They, 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 really, they, they really do. They really go out of their way. They go yeah. the extra mile. So extra, that's the care uh, choice. And by the way, Sean, how was Jimmy today? Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, what day is it? Yeah, now remember, remember you were saying to me on Monday that when you, when you were up there uh, at the weekend, he was saying, Jim, I'm going home well, next week. I'll have me bags. That was gone this morning. Yeah, though. he doesn't remember that. Yeah. He, he don't remember that. He asked me this yeah. morning when he was going home, and I said, You're going home in about eight days' time. Okay. So he's satisfied with that now, you know. Yeah. And the, you... girl, the, 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 the granddaughter in Australia in Sydney yeah. was listening to the program. Yeah, go away, great. And she said to me, you want me, she said, to get a, a petition up over here. She said, <laughs> no, we don't need a petition. You're no, great. No, it, was no. your, it was your own voice no. and the way you, the way you tell your own, your own, um, your own dignity, yeah. Sean, and civility, the way you told, and elegance, the way you told the story and your love for your yeah. brother. That came across and um, yeah. look, looking after him. So, to the Care Choice Nursing Home, is it in what's the what part of the country do we call it? It's not Dungarvan, it's not Waterford. Well, it's, it's down on the Garf, Dungarvan. Down near Dungarvan, yeah. Okay. You, 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 you just pass it. Okay. And you come through a fork on the road, then one, one, go to the right and you go into Dungarvan, go to the left and you go into Abbey Okay. And it's now, about a mile from there. Okay. To now, tomorrow, you know the weather forecast now for tomorrow. I know right tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah, will you be will you mind yourself now tomorrow will you, I will, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. have you coal in and a bit of I, I uh, have everything in there. Good stuff. Hopefully good stuff. it won't be as bad as what they're saying. Okay. Uh, it's twenty to three. You know what happens at twenty to three? You have to collect your grandchildren, Sean. No, no, no. Not yeah, today. No, that's tomorrow, yeah. Oh that's you have tomorrow. me you have me nerves gone there for a minute. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah, rushing you. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a uh, Monday. Monday, Monday and I know. Thursday. You did it on Monday. You were telling me I have to go. Monday and trip. Thursday. I'm doing it tomorrow now. Okay. So we'll have to wait tomorrow now and see what way the weather is. The weather is, yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay. The, the weather is okay, I go Okay. Okay. Sean, Sean thanks so, indeed. Look, t- thanks very much, Geoffrey. Thanks very much, Sean. Great, great meeting you and we'll talk soon, yeah, please, yeah. God. And kind regards to, to Jimmy. I know the situation. James Griffin, back to Waterford again. James. How are you doing, Joe? What, where are you? On the other end of the phone. Oh, good man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I'm in Waterford, yeah. Oh, good lad. Yeah, and... Um, will you run I around Will you run around for us? I'll, I'll, yeah, if that girl wants that sound machine, I'll get it and I'll bring it back. Today, like? Well, either today or tomorrow, whatever. Yeah, good lad, yeah, okay. Every day, you know. Your delivery, is that what you do? You do deliver? Yeah, I do deliveries, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, then we'll give you... We'll give you uh, John's uh, John's number, John O'Donnell. Yeah. We'll ring Martina in the meantime. I'd say she'd love her sewing machine ASAP. Yeah, well, if she wants it today, I'll get it today. If she doesn't, I'll get it tomorrow. I'm here every day, John. Okay, and with that sense of humour, she'll have her in stitches. That's not. She'll probably have me in stitches. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be quilt laugh. Will you mind yourself driving, especially tomorrow, will you, James? Obviously, yeah. Can okay. I give the company name? Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, and you yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's BCS Express. BCS. B BCS. And what's Express. that stand? What's that stand for? Uh, Barbara Collum and Stephen. Okay, that's the company. And do you do that run every day? Every day to each other. Yeah. Dublin Waterford, Dublin Waterford. Are you go further and further? I do all over the southeast and okay. end up in Waterford and drive back home then. Good lad. Yeah. And I'm thinking of all the, the country. 25 years, Joe. <laughs> 25 years. And the country is held together by 
delivery drivers at ah, the well, minute, isn't it? Between it's the a po- job, between you know? the post and but you like being out on the road, do you? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, safe travelling. What time do you get back? No, you need. You, you, I don't know what your arrangements are, but you see, you're up and down to Waterford every single day. Every day, yeah. Okay, so then we'll get it to Martina as soon as we can. And what, what I'll do is, James, I'll let you, her, the sewing machine that's gone missing was called Sue, so I'll let you pick the name of the new sewing machine. <laughs> I'm afraid, I, don't, I don't mind. I'm afraid to ask. What was your, what, have you a daughter? I have, yeah. What's her name? Karen Griffin. Well, Karen, the new, the new show machine is called Karen. Yeah, Karen. Okay, yeah. after your wonderful <laughs> daughter. Okay. And you're going to John O'Donnell's shop at the Singer Sewing Machine Centre in Waterford. We'll give you the details. Now, and is, is your van marked BCS on the outside? No, it's not. No, it's have not got, marked. And you have a, what do you look like in real life? Are you? I'm quite good looking for a 62-year-old, you know. <laughs> okay, so so think Robert Redford, but but you're yeah. not but you're not like him. No. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we'll set you up with, with John and then you bring it up. And Monaster Evans, it's a little bit out of your way on the way back, but please, God. You'll Where bring... is it? Mo- Waterford, you No, Monaster Evan you're going to. Oh, uh, Monaster, it's not... I'm... I thought you said he was in Waterford, Joe. No, John O'Donnell's in Waterford. You, you're collecting this old machine in Waterford. Yeah. And you're bringing it up near Dublin. Is not what you're doing? Yeah, the okay. no, the old no, farm where the girl lives. Yeah, but she, yeah, but she lives. She didn't monitor ever now. But we'll organise to get it to you. But you're in Waterford. The sewing machine is in Waterford. Karen is the sewing machine. She's in Waterford. John O'Donnell of the Singer Sewing Machine Centre and SewingMachines.ie. He's in Waterford. We're going to link you up. I'd say you're only ten or fifteen minutes away from him. Yeah, well, okay. that's fine. You just send me the details, Joe, and I'll, I'll oh. sort that out. Okay, James, I'll pal. Safe travelling. Safe travelling. Yeah, thanks very much, Joe. Likewise. Okay, bye bye. Have a good day. On 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Most of the commentary since yesterday when the government said they were going to partially lift the eviction ban, there'd still be exceptions. At the uh, end of this month, most of the commentary, including editorials in the Irish Times and like, were in favour of extending the the eviction ban. So Mick has contacted us and Mary has contacted us. Mick, um, you, well, what's the line you had in your email? Landlords are treated as though they are evil. Well, come, come budget time, a landlord is looked at like cigarettes or something like that. Fair game, as if, uh, as if they're, they're uh, an abstract concept, you know. But at the moment, I feel they're not acknowledging the upward pressures that that, that must be on rents. I mean, okay, so rent controls five percent, even if you could increase your rent. With the, uh, the cost of mortgages at the moment has gone up with three percent last six months. Five percent wouldn't cut it. You know, there's a lot of people. It just won't add up anymore. It's not viable, and it will cost money to stay being a landlord. Way too much to stay in it. You know. And the argument is made. Well, at the end of it, you'll have a property. Uh, yeah, but if, if the costs have gone up so much and you can't react to, to your baseline cost, you're going, it's going to eat away whatever capital you have. And if you don't have any capital, you're in big big trouble. And you say you became an accidental landlord, a mom-and-pop landlord. Um, and th- th- what's your situation now? Have you tenants? How long have you got tenants? Uh, I have a tenant there. He's there about 
about six years and I haven't put the rent up. Okay. And that's kind of my own fault. But even if I had it being put up at the allowed amount, with those current in- interest rate hikes, it, it really wouldn't cut it anyway. So what are you going to do? I, no, I have to sell it. I, I've given them as notice nearly, it'll be two years nearly. I told them, I said, look, I think the writing's on the wall. It's over for me. I, I can't keep doing this, you know. It costs too much. Okay. I, 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 I never made anything on it. Uh, at best, I just covered the mortgage costs and then the mortgage was sold from PTSB to a separate company and, and they've been pressuring me to up, up the payment as much as I could. And if you have other expenses as well, which you will allow for that. You'd expect, you know, a boiler or a fridge or something like that from time to time, but just all the things together, a cumulative thing, and it's like, I don't want to be in this anymore. And plus, it's costing me. I don't even want to put a number on it because it's too painful. Okay, Mary, you contact us. Well, what's your situation, Mary? Pardon? What, what's your situation? Um, well, I bought a house in 206, the height of it, yeah. to rent out. Okay. And... Um, down through the years, we've had some great tenants and not so great tenants. Okay. And in the last few years, like, I would be of the mind that, you know, you don't have to get the top rent if you get the right person. Okay, good and, point, yeah. You know, and we've always kind of done it that way, you know, and it hasn't always worked out for us. But over the last few years, like, I've kept the rent very low. Okay. And because I think you, sometimes you, if you can afford to give someone a chance... I used to feel there was no point in me having a high rent to hand it over to the taxman anyway. Oh, because, okay. do you know what I mean? I'm charging, if I'm charging them a, 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 high, a very high rent, I'm only passing it over to the taxman because I'm taxed on it all. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's very minor expenses that you can offset against it. And your tax uh, rate is what? Your income tax rate? Yes. Yeah. Up to 50%. Yeah, but it's it's added to your wages as income, so yeah, it's course. like it's doing un- overtime. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's the same as doing you know you you get very little of it. I mean, you can allow some expenses, but they're very if you keep the place in order. Okay. So what are, what are you what are you going to do, Mary? I'm selling. I'm most definitely selling. And uh, to be honest, I have uh, great tenants at the moment, and um, the previous tenants are very good. Like because I'm caught with. We're in a rent, it's in leash, so it's a rent pressure zone. Okay. And so so I, I, ours is 1050 for a two-bed detached house. Like, it is really hard on the tenants because they've been trying to get somewhere else. Number one, they're going to have to pay a lot more, but they can't even find a place. And it makes me feel really bad because mm-hmm. I'm putting this pressure on them. And you, do you agree with Mick that landlords are painted as evil? Um, I do, there's probably, like, I have a daughter who's in college in Dublin and she would be, you know, have gone through all the pressures of trying to get a place. And, you know, there are some land, it's like in every business, there are some unscrupulous people, Mm. you know, whether they're landlords or car dealers or bank people, you know. Yeah, of course, everywhere, yeah. And I suppose it's like anything, a few bad ones give a bad name to a larger cohort. But I don't think landlords are unscrupulous because, well, there's probably a cohort to them, but that's, I wouldn't say okay. it's the general thing. And Mary, what, this new thing that, that was introduced yesterday? Um, 14,000 uh, tax-free. Well, that was, is, that, is that coming in? But do you think that the tenant should be allowed by the house office? It has forced dibs, as Miriam Lord said today in the, in the Times, that the, the tenant should have forced... Force go with trying to buy it, buy it. Would that be an option? Um, 
well, it, it, if the tenants, like our tenants did try and buy it, but one of them is, you know, they're not in a position to get a loan big enough. Okay. But, um, yeah, there's no there's no problem with giving, but I mean, if the family wants to sell it and someone wants to buy it and they're paying the market price, sure, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. they should be allowed if, if they're there. But um, And what about, Mick, what about that situation where, to use that phrase, the tenant should have forced dibs, forced bid? Is, would that ha- well, how would that work out in your case? Do you know, Mick? No. Who's Mick? No, Mick, no, guy. sorry, I'm asking Mick. Are you uh, there, Mick? Sorry, how, d- look, d- as long d- as you can get, as long as it's a fair market price, okay. uh, like, it wouldn't be fair to, to uh, demand some dis- massive discount or something, like, but a fair market price, if they can buy it, fair enough. I, I like to sell the house yesterday. You know, but I still, because of procedures and notifications and all the rest, I can't even put up for sale until the end of the summer. But you are getting out. Geraldine Mills, Geraldine. Are, Hello, do, Joe. do you rent out a house as well, Geraldine? I do, Joe. It was my former, my first ever house that I bought. And I lived in it for about eight years until I moved out of Dublin. You're not on, a, sp- you're not on the speakerphone there, Andy, are you? No, not no, okay, on the speakerphone. Okay, okay. I'll take the break I have to take and we'll try and get a better line. Because landlords are contacting us. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Okay, Geraldine Mills is the third landlord has contacted us in the last few minutes. Geraldine, what's, what's your situation and what are you going to do? I'm going to deregister my property, Joe. I'm getting out of renting altogether. Why? Uh, I just can't stay. Um... I bought my house, paid a mortgage on it for 20 years, lived in it for about eight years, and then I moved out due to family circumstances and moved to another part of the country. We've had lovely tenants over the last 20-odd years. The previous one stayed for 14 years until last year. They bought a house of their own, Mm -hmm. and now we've lovely new tenants in. But I've given them the notice, Joe, because it's my pension. I paid for it. And I just can't get over the fact that we're suddenly public property. It reminds me of when I was pregnant, when people felt they had the right to touch your belly, to Mm. talk about what you should eat, what you should plan for your life. I chose to buy a house. I paid for it. It was Mm. hard-earned. I loved it. And other people chose not to do that or decided not to do that or couldn't do that. And that's their right. But now I feel like we're being vilified. Landlord is not a four-letter word, Joe. It's a choice we made. And there were times that I missed out on things. But you think, you, think landlord, you think landlord is a four-letter word in Ireland? I think other people think it is, that somehow the choice that we made, whatever choice, people don't even know the journey we had to becoming homeowners. And yet they feel justified in saying who I can sell it to, who I can rent it to, the regulations are unbelievable, Joe. I can't even put in a normal um, fire alarm in my rented house that I could have at home. I have to have a sealed unit because new regulations mean that tenants aren't trusted not to take the batteries out. That's all added costs. I don't earn a huge amount of my full-time job. That income is useful for me. I'm paying tax on it, but it's just mm-hmm. not worth the stress anymore. I, that house is my pension, and that's what I plan to do. I feel I have a right to decide what to do with the investment that I made. And yet, because the government hasn't dealt with the housing crisis, I think that's the issue, Joe. We are being mm. 
10 years ago, the government didn't really care about us private landlords. We were left alone to pay the 13% interest, to pay whatever. Now that the housing crisis has got to where the stage is, and I feel terrible for people because the reality is I went through this with previous tenants during the recession. When I lost my job, they lost their job, and we worked together so that we took a huge reduction in rent, but they had a home and I had a bit of an income. That worked really well. We're prepared to do that. They were there for 14 years. It's not that we want people out. But now it seems that we're not being given a choice. We're being told what to do. We seem to be the ones... If, Like, Joe, last night I heard on the radio the minister saying, or the telly, that the minister said 44,000 properties have exited the market in the last five years. A lot of those are small landlords. If they had stayed or been encouraged to stay, we wouldn't have a housing crisis. So why are we being blamed for it and told how we should live our future and now being made responsible nearly for the homeless crisis and for the future of tenants? I don't understand it. That's what I'm getting out. Well, the Irish Times says today almost a billion a year is being made by landlords through the housing assistance payment scheme. It's hardly charity work. Well, no, and I don't, like, I don't deal with the HAP because I've had tenants all along. Sometimes they've had HAP, but that was in the early days. Because my rent at the moment is 1060 because of the RPZ. That's where I was getting 10 years ago, Joe. I'm still getting more or less that. Yeah, the rent protection um, zone, yeah. Yeah, and the, a similar new property in our area would be getting two and a half grand. So every single month, I'm down about 1500 Now, I think that two and a half grand is an astronomical price. I don't understand why the government doesn't include new properties in the RPZs, because as long as they mm-hmm. don't, we're going to make the situation worse. Me leaving the market is not helping one tenant get a house. It's not helping one homeless person find a place. And we want to stay, but we can't, because... Down the line, I foresee that people are going to, legislation is going to be passed, I think, that will mean I can't sell my house when I want to. I can't okay. sell it who I want to. If I had a diamond necklace or Ferrari outside the Giorgio or a property in Spain, if you'd spent the, the government money on would that. let okay. me do Exactly. Okay. And that's my point. So you I'm say, getting out and I'm sorry about it. Say, Mick, do you, do you accept a housing assistance payment, HAP? I'll say, do you, are you there, Mick? Is there a problem with Mick's line? Mick, Mick. Um, no, Mick isn't, Mick isn't there for some reason. Uh, Mary, do you accept the housing uh, assistance payment, the HAP? I do, but I don't have tenants with HAP. Uh, At the you moment, know, okay. Yeah, or, or for a good while, maybe about five years since I've had anyone with HAP. Okay, but you're definitely getting out as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. Okay. Like, if this isn't a decision that's just made today or Christmas time. Like, when you, when you see there's nothing in it, and I would very much like the previous lady. I feel for the tenants, I think they should have more like uh, security and mm-hmm. that there should be some systems in place that if somebody is renting, that they they have some security for five years or whatever. But all things being equal, that a person going into that as a landlord okay. knows that's what they're getting into. Mick, do you, do you, accept, the, do you accept the housing, the HAP payment? I do, yeah. And what do you think of this line in the Irish Times today? It's um, almost a billion a year is paid to landlords uh, through these schemes. It's hardly charity work. Yeah, yeah but it, that's not a billion in profit. There's all expenses included in that. Yeah. You pay ta- there's taxes got back off of the people that are getting the rent. You pay an income tax on it as well. That's a good point, yeah. It, it's, uh, they, they make these statements like these things happen in a vacuum. There's such high 
high prices out there. Like what that woman just said, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I haven't bought a punt rent up. I have a lovely tenant up there. And uh, I wouldn't have bought it really put it up. I said I just wanted to cover the X's on it. But I'm nearly at half the rate of some of the other houses in the area. And do you have any sympathy for young people who can't buy? You know this line from the new leader, the Social Democrats, Holly Cairns, that, what was it, that, that, that she's a member of the first generation who will be worse off than our parents. I presume she means in, in well, terms of... House, she means in uh, terms of house buying, because in every other angle, we're better off than our parents. Health, well, I, anyway, etc. But in terms of house house buying, it's very difficult. Have you any sympathy for that that line? Look, when I when I bought my first house, I bought uh, the cheapest house I could find. It's just to get in the the ladder. I rented for a year, and it was it was okay. total dead money. But uh, to, hey, look, if you can buy one, buy one. And renting's not an ideal situation. Everybody knows that. But they want to promote this uh, dead money rent situation. But what do you think of Geraldine's point? Geraldine said, "I could have bought in Spain. I could have bought a Ferrari. I could have." Exactly, I feel the exact same. Like, if I I would be better off with a commercial property actually than a residential property. Okay. You, you know, if you just got a tenant in, if you bought a news agent or whatever, you know, any shop unit would actually probably be less hassle than uh, getting into residential. Okay, well, let's be clear. Last, you contact us in the, in the last short time. Mary, you're getting out. Yes, definitely. M- Mick, you're getting out. Well, I, I have to. It costs too much. Okay, I mean, okay. Ger- Ger- Geraldine, you're getting out. I don't want to, but I have to, Joe. I can't stay. It's not worth it. Can I say one more thing? Quickly, yeah. The fact that if they want to say that I can only sell at a certain price, even like we're heading down that road, more legislation. Like it's if my property mm. is no longer mine, and the government yes. will dictate me what I can do with. I want out before we get get to that day. Like, and how do you feel that there's zero sympathy for you in the newspapers today? Or on radio or television. Zero um, sympathy for landlords. So that, that's as if we're in a population of 100% renters and nobody owns, owns okay. the house. Geraldine, anything, Geraldine you know? what do you think that is zero sympathy? I just can't understand it, Joe. We've all been in okay. that position. The reason we're there is that the government hasn't dealt with the housing okay, crisis. OK, Mary, Mary, what do you think of zero sympathy for you? Um, I don't understand. It. That's obviously a narrative journalists yeah. are putting forward. But it is the narrative of the moment. Yeah. Not at well, the moment, of the last five years in fairness. Mm. Well, maybe okay. it's because there are houses that are very expensive to rent, but if you talk to someone that's doing, you know, an average okay. rent. Well, I appreciate you contacting us, put the other side. Thanks, Neil, Mary, Mick, Geraldine. Uh, Joe at RT.ie continues. Um, Sean O'Gorman is the producer and Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie